We and each of us covenant and promise that we will not reveal any of the secrets of this. The first token of the Alana priesthood, with its accompanying name, sign, or penalty, should we do so. We agree that our throats be cut from ear to ear and our tongues torn out by their roots. Search, ponder, pray. Is this the place? Okay, so we're doing this thing now. <laughs> I hope I'm not too congested. Yeah, what was the sniffle for? I've been fighting like a cold. Oh no. I guess Did we you need... get the Rona. I know, but the freaking kids, like, they were both sick and I was blowing bubbles with my gum and they kept poking them with their finger. <laughs> so, shocker. I got what they had. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did you spend your Easter weekend? Um, how did I spend it? Uh, I worked. I worked. <laughs> I worked. That's what I did. <laughs> I worked. And then uh, I, after work on Sunday, Sunday was dead. Um, I went and saw what the Easter Bunny brought my niece and nephew. And then... I'm pretty sure I came home and took a nap. And that's about it. <laughs> what yeah. how about you? How was your Easter weekend? Well, I wanted to ask you, like, uh, how is work after having come home through and, like, being on your new meds and all uh, of that? Um, well, I'm back to my normal job. Uh, the oh, the gig? Up. Yeah. So, uh, I do work at the restaurant still still but it's just like whatever like i probably worked there like five hours this weekend okay so it wasn't anything there is a tweaker that works there now and her and her boyfriend and i'm just like i can't handle this and like almost everyone who works there is about to walk mm. because working with a tweaker is hard like yeah. <clears throat> you don't you know because like when you're on meth it fucking fucks up your brain so even if that person is a good person if they're tweaking you know, you can't trust, like, I can't even, I don't even dare leave my book around with my money in it because it's like, sh will she just randomly pick it up? Because that's tweakers don't have any sense, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and all of our, like, sheltered children are like, can even tell. Like, uh, they're like, what's this chick's deal? And I'm like, she's on meth. <laughs> and they're like, how do you know? And I'm like, because my dad was on meth for my whole childhood and I had a lot of friends with moms on meth. Like, it's uh you know and i had i had friends with dads on meth too but um i don't know for, for some reason it's more prevalent in the women i feel like and the men it, it just you can just see it in their eyes <clears throat> but she's on meth i was like maybe we should keep her around so she can just like bleach everything and then get rid of her but they do do that don't they <laughs> they do they do do that <laughs> it's a thing that they do they also make Subway sandwiches with gloves. Like, they use the gloves as filling, you know? What? No. <sighs> no, this... I mean, it, I love this woman. She got caught up in meth, and she worked at Subway, and she started... this. She thought, like, the box of glove was, was meat, and she just started filling it. She, could you imagine being the fucking tourist in Penguin, Utah, who, like, has to deal with that? <laughs> like, you're like... Uh, uh can and then I, I have turkey? <laughs> I like what you're doing, but uh <laughs> very innovative, not edible. <laughs> how 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 do you not like that's scary. Like you don't know if if you if your brain is telling you to do that, what else is it telling you to do, you know? Right. If the meth's telling your brain to do that. So 
I ain't about I am not about meth heads. Uh, we did have I did have I work a, I worked a wedding. And it was 160 people, which is the biggest wedding I've done at this venue. Wow. And um, no, Kendra, it was so weird because, you know, me, I usually latch on one attractive person, you know, or two or three. And that gets me through, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I have a crush on a, a person, and it gets me through. Yeah. I feel like everyone You invent knows this life with them. <laughs> yeah. The eight-hour how... shift flies, whatever. Yeah. Right. And it's how, like, and it also helps me, like, gauge when people are coming back, you know? Like, because, okay, here comes my boyfriend again. We've we've served the whole bar, the whole party. <laughs> um, <laughs> 160 people. I shit you not. There was not one attractive person. Not oh, one. Oh, no. And I don't even know. I didn't think that was. I didn't think that was possible, man. Like I was like, "What in the god is this?" Uh, it, my again, my biggest event I've done there. Not one attractive person. Oh no, not one. And they were also like really lame, <laughs> like, and super into drinking, which is whatever. But you know, this is how I'm gonna. This is how I can describe it. I don't know if you've ever been with a G and T crowd. Gin and tonic. Ugh. <laughs> like. It's a cool to have one person who's a G&T person in your group. But yeah. if you're all a G&T people and this is your crowd that you're hanging out with, this is your tribe, I hate you. I don't know how to describe <laughs> this any better than that. Like, I feel like some people will get it. Some people won't. And I don't know how to, like, explain it. <laughs> but the G&T crowd makes me want to blow my brains out. <laughs> like, like smelly, like they were all skiers. Oh, no, that was a different crowd. Um, the ski crowd wasn't bad, but they were all like none of them were from utah and then they were trying to do like shitty stuff like the groom asked after he'd made my boss cry again don't make people cry because everyone on staff knows about it and you are going to get treated like shit in a very you know like like facade way (laughs) but i heard before i even met this guy that he made my boss cry and i was like fuck this like okay cool they're just getting they're getting like you know decast de- today They're, that's it I, you're getting the d level bobby i don't give a shit uh <laughs> so um but they also tipped really well like not you know whatever that, so i guess they get a little bit of a they get a little bit of a, a break but they still were sure. idiots but um sure. the, the group goes uh can we just get a couple beers to go and i was no like, i was like that's against the law have a good night <laughs> I turned away. No. <laughs> but before that his guests were like can you give me like a double give me a double and it's like bitch i'm allowing you to order two drinks at a time which is a lot illegal but yes. i just assume that you're grabbing it for your girl who's sitting down that's what the that's the, ga- the game i'm playing here in my brain. yes yeah so why don't you come up with your dumbass thought and just get two whiskeys and put them together like shut up like get creative <laughs> you know i can't tell you how many times there's ways around this bullshit laws that we have there's ways and i understand that you're new to the to the game but no i will not serve you a double go fuck yourself <laughs> and he goes one of them walk up and they're like hey can i get like a to-go container do you have like a plastic cup and i was like no no nope. he's like he's like well i guess i can just take it in this i'm like cool well when you get pulled over guess who gets in trouble me I'm like, so if you want to do that to me, great. <laughs> and they were like embarrassed, but it's like, you want me to risk my whole career mm-hmm. to just give you a double of fucking whiskey for a $20 tip? Go fuck yourself. Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, but here's the thing. Like, if I, I liked- totally get like servers doing that. Like we had a situation where my friend renewed his ID and it was, it matched, everything matched the new, the new renewal, whatever. 
but it was a paper ID and the server was like, I really can't take your form of ID. I'm really sorry. And then like everybody was mad at him, but I was like, uh, be mad at yourself for not renewing your ID before your birthday. <laughs> well, yeah, be prepared. And honestly, like if people knew how much we got shopped by the state, mm-hmm. like they reduce people's sentences if they go in and try to roll over on us. Like Jamie Bergen, <laughs> she, I don't know if I told the story or not. I'm going to tell it again. Her first day at Kmart, she sold uh, freaking shopper cigarettes, and she got like a three hundred dollar fine her first day and fired. Oh my god! Yeah, and it was uh, it was like a misdemeanor. She had to go to court. Poor Jamie. I know. I mean, we laughed our asses off, of course, because that's her style. But um, yeah, she's like- just like listening to Reliant K on the way home, crying. <laughs> <laughs> that's not you painted the scene correctly. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, when? no, no attractive person. And I mean, it was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen in my life. It was so weird. No distractible boyfriends for you. That no. sucks, man. It was brutal. But then the next day, um, my DJ boyfriend was there. <laughs> that was hot. <laughs> oh, the DJ guy, Polly DJ, whatever. No, he's not my boyfriend. I hate him. And every I know, time, but... I, every time I make my eyebrows too big, I think of him. <laughs> Which boyfriend is this then? No, no, no. I just, I'm realizing as we're coming back for the season that I was like cool with a lot of people because um, I like walked up to him. I was like, hey man, what's up? And he's like, hey, how's it going? And I'm like, here's a Diet Coke because I know he likes them. Yeah. He's like, thanks. And then I was like, play some Bowie. And he's like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) So, and then he just came behind the bar when he wasn't busy and we were just shooting the shit. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean. So you do have a boyfriend. It's just not like. A fake no, boyfriend. It's a fake. I don't have a. I'll never have a real boyfriend. People, if you haven't caught on to that by now, you're dead. Okay. Not you. But Kendra, we're married. Talk- <laughs> no, we're married. <laughs> That's all that matters to me. <laughs> so one other thing about this wedding that was so fucking weird. This freaking wedding of mutants, mole people, people who look like toes, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and had matching personalities too. There were actually two things. First of all, they kept coming up. There's This is a three thing. This is a three-parter. They kept coming up and asking me for shit. I'm standing behind the bar, and I'm like, find a server. Like, hello? I was literally in the middle of something. Why are you coming up and asking? You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, there's servers running around. Grab one of them. I'm like, I can't leave the bar. Um, fucking idiots. They're and like, make her leave the bar. <laughs> they're like, we don't know. Uh, we've, we've never worked food service before. Uh, all we do is backpack across Europe and have G and G's. Don't, don't, don't wash. We don't wash ourselves. Uh, like the, uh, this is the thing too. These people, everybody mouth- has a low man bun. <laughs> I know it's gotten past that. Like, Oh no. It's like what the groom had straight up mutton chops that were like two inches long. Curly. Like, I was like, what like is going pubie? on? <laughs> yeah, like, kind of, not, not, no, I would say looser than pubes. Okay. <laughs> looser curls than pubes. But, uh, <laughs> they kept asking me for shit, and, uh, I was just like, no, like, go, what? <laughs> go find a fucking server. And, um, then they were throwing each other around on the fucking dance floor, which, by the way, I really must talk about this band. Okay. <sighs> oh, my God, Kendra. What? Oh my god. I, I took a video of it for Scott. I'm going to see if I can pull it up just so you guys can hear how fucking... Oh my god. I know that I am the world's biggest music snob. I know that's my I know that's my title. I understand. Yes. It's your brand. It's... 
but I first of all when the guy walked in the guitarist I, I they the people there applauded so I was like okay cool maybe this is just some random underground guy, guy I'd never even heard of and I was excited <clears throat> I should have known when uh god when I go hey do you want to get dressed in the bride's room because they weren't using the bride's room it was a rehearsal dinner I was like because uh you know, there's there was a line for the bathroom, and his basis goes. Oh, I've never had like a green room situation before. That should have that should have tipped me off, Kendra. Mm, mm. My eyeballs like, are like. Mm. <laughs> but I was like, what? So, anyways, let's just. I'm just gonna. So if you can't tell, that's uh, blisters in the sun by the Violet Femmes. Yeah, what, that, I don't uh, we couldn't tell actually. I did. I don't know if you heard me, but I was like, "Is that Michelle Branch?" <laughs> yeah, I did hear you. But like, I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there, like wide eyed, looking watching this band. And every time they mess up, I like wince. And I I know they were looking at me. I knew they were because we, I was like direct line, like. And I was like, and there was this one girl who actually was kind of cute because she looked like my sister. Um, I was like, you look. I'm like, you look almost exactly like my sister. And I'm like, I keep going. Why is Aubrey here? And she goes, Shut up. Aubrey's my sister's middle name. I was like, Oh no my way. god. So I guess there was one cutie there that I bonded with. <laughs> um, but uh, she walked up and I'm like, Girl, I gotta ask you a question. I'm like, We're sisters. We gotta talk. And she's like, What? And I'm like, Do you know who this guy is? And she's like, No. And I'm like, Do you know if they're paying him or is he just a friend? And she's like, I don't know. I really like him. And I was like, Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, what? What's what's going on? And I'm like, I just, I'm kind of blown away by how bad they suck. And I'm like, and I hope and pray to God that no one is paying them. <laughs> and I've never said that about a musician in my life, but again, these were not musicians. So they did like a low, like, duh, tuh, duh, tuh, and they were playing every song that slow, and they still oh, couldn't no. manage. Still did not manage to hit any of the fucking like they weren't good <laughs> at one point this girl a non-attractive uh was getting thrown around on the dance floor she slips and cracks her head open like splits, <gasps> her, splits her eye it, well she didn't crack her head open she split her head open like above her above her uh oh eyebrow. yeah yeah and so they come up and ask me of course for some first aid kit shit and i'm like i'm literally behind the bar man <laughs> But I was like, yeah, whatever. So I went and grabbed it. And I work with gloves just so I can avoid the elements because it's fucking freezing out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I had like a stack of like Band-Aids and like cleanser. And I give it to, and they're like, okay, here she is. She's going to take care of you. And I. No, I'm not. No, I turned, I'm not first aid. No. I turned to the girl closest to me, turned her wrist and opened her hand and put the shit in it. And I was like, there you go. And I walked off. I'm like, get the fuck you. I'm gonna clean her wound. Like how yeah. much she? How much you think you're paying us? Yes. Are you shitting me? This, we don't have an EMT here. Well, it's like <laughs> she's not working behind the bar. <laughs> and also, I've had these gloves on all night. Like, what do you mean? That's not true. I switch them out like every hour, but it's like I've been doing bar stuff in these glasses. What do you mean? Yeah. Like, no, in these gloves. I like get out of here. I was just like, y'all are weird. And then the cherry on it was the group being like, can we have a couple beers to go? And I was like, nope, have a good night. <laughs> no. Fucking idiots. Anyways, you tell me about your Easter weekend. Oh, my Easter weekend was, well, my sister-in-law came into town and she. Is this, um, like, this is on Spencer's side, right? Spencer's side, yeah. So okay. it's his oldest sister. 
And what's the age difference? She's fine. She's four years older. Okay. Because they they had four under four, and two of them were twins, so that was a whole lot for them to do. But um, fuck. <laughs> Wait, is Spencer a twin? No, Spencer is a year younger than the twin girls. Is he the baby? He's the baby. I just did such good math there. I just figured it all out. It all came together. It all worked. <laughs> no wonder I um, love him. He's the baby. I get it. <laughs> the baby of four. Aw. Aw. We're so we're so alike. <laughs> you're attracted to me. <laughs> I don't I'm not attracted to you. I just I love you. Kendra, I'm attracted to you and that's that. We're attracted to each other because we love each other, okay? That's right. Stop it. We we are I don't mean like we need to mash genitals. I'm just saying we get our yes. attracted. Yes. Okay. So we love each other. Yeah, that's we love each other. We that's are attracted to each other. We are attracted to each other. That's what well, that's what friendship is, you know. Yeah, so and people th- and people who like don't understand that, like they, it's probably they haven't had really true friendship, you know. Listen, intimacy between people is it doesn't it's so not all sexual. It's so important though, like so important. Like I can't get everything that I need from Spencer, and that would be unfair to ask of him. It you know would, what I mean? and he can't get everything from me, and it'd be unfair of him to ask that. <laughs> we need a community, and that's you're my chosen community. You're my chosen right, and yeah. uh. Everyone like everyone agrees that we're married now. We're spouses, so. Well, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> hey, listen, I I I'll, I put a ring on it, y'all. <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Anyway, <laughs> let's uh let's get a so let's get a motorcycle with a sidecar. That's what oh. I'm saying, you know. <laughs> let's just get a razor. That's the that's the thing. Oh, let's get a razor. Yes, I love razor rights, dude. I love them. <laughs> My brothers and my old, my two older siblings have razors, and I'm like, yes, I wish I was talking to either one. Just kidding, no, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, when we're together, we go well, on the we'll razor. Get ride. We're so getting a razor. We're getting a razor. No, no, no. I'll give them a razor ride because you know what? Sometimes yeah. it's good to give, and sometimes it's good to receive. You know? Yeah. Yes. That's why you. And should we're be, all about that. That's why you should be a. Uh, what is the word? Uh, gracious or a uh, giving lover. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. You know, yeah, what I like mean, not Kendra. a pillow princess. Yeah, you know what I mean. You just need to be a verse, yes. a top and a bottom, a top, it up. a power top and a power bottom. <laughs> Spencer was like, <laughs> Spencer just learned all of these termina- terminology. Like we started watching Sex Ed. This is completely off tangent. T- well, sex Ed on Netflix. We don't ever do that. We don't ever do that. So. <laughs> this one time and then it's done, all right? <laughs> and there's this dynamic between these do- two gay kids and they're both bottoms, but they don't know it, but they're in love with each other. And so they're like, Aww. I'm finally ready for sex. And so then they're both fighting to be the bottom. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, no. no. And Spencer's like, what? What's happening? And I'm like, <laughs> they're both bottoms. No. <laughs> So then he was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And so I had to have JD and Chad come over and be like, <laughs> tell this man everything. By the way, JD, uh, there's some merchandise coming that you're really going to like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm so excited. By the way. I don't uh, know what it is, but I know what it is. Bic uh, turned down my original lighter design because it wasn't all ours, I guess. Hmm. So... Whatever. It was too expensive anyways. But we're going to yeah, figure some stuff out. Yeah. Anyway. So the uh, brother-in-law that I was like, I had this throwdown with the trans thing. Yeah. I was nervous for him coming into town. <clears throat> because like, 
it's been two years. The last time I saw him, he wouldn't let me see his kids. I had to, like, stay on the lawn while they stayed in their house, and we waved at each other from the screen doors, even though I'd driven, like, 500 miles to see them. Whatever. Why? So, Was it because of the Rona? Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah, and we hadn't isolated well enough beforehand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been a hard, it's been a hard pandemic because I've been very hurt, and also I didn't know if like this podcast had something to do with it because I've been so vocal about not being LDS and being gay and blah 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 blah. <sighs> anyway, so I was nervous, but I walk in the door and he's got his hair braided like Legolas. He's grown his he's grown his hair out for the whole pandemic. And so You're like, hey like, girl, hey girl, what's up? <laughs> I was like, OMG, are those grays? And he was like, they are blonde. I was like, very light blonde, really, so really light blonde. <laughs> he was like, exactly. He just doesn't want to be aging. And then then the entire time he was he was genuinely like fun to be around oh nice was his wife not there no his wife was there too <laughs> oh. i was like and i was like what's the other shoe gonna drop <laughs> yeah well and you know how it is when i get together with family i just always assume that shit's gonna go down oh right right right. that's what you're used to right right, right. yeah and so like when no shit goes down i'm like wow what an enjoyable and like of course my <laughs> my tonka truck nieces and nephews who are just bashing into everything are like so roughhousy and that's a lot of energy to deal with so i did sneak out back and have a few little puffs on my pen but yeah sometimes you gotta the whole time was just nice so i freaked out over every nothing as usual um yeah but that's i mean i understand i understand that we've talked about it my own insecurities with it like with the josies and stuff because they don't fight but um i understand it's it's like you feel like an ass kind of (laughs) but it's like no that's just what you're used to it's okay let's just get unused to it yeah Oh, and then something else big happened. Let's see. I wrote it down. What? Oh, I like that. That note is, oh, and brother-in-law is cool. Uh, <laughs> I had a conversation with my mom. Or not my mom. Spencer's mom. About what? So um, I walked in and I saw she's, she, I knew she was playing on making deviled eggs. And I was like, mom, thank you for including my religious beliefs in your Easter meal. That's so nice of you. And she was like, ha ha, the devil, ha ha. Oh, oh, I thought it was just like, I thought you were just stoked on eggs. I was like, yeah. No. <laughs> it's the devil part. <laughs> and, um, and then she, I mean, she's been, she's been saying stuff like inserting here and there. And like, I love my mother-in-law. She's got like, She's got the biggest heart and whatever. She just has a lot of anxiety and her mind is like, I, I think she has undiagnosed something. Oh, that's too bad. Anxiety, ADHD, something. Yeah. But she always like finishes your sentence and tries to steer your conversation in the way that makes her the most comfortable. Okay. I feel like I do that sometimes. Yeah. But like, so do we all. Right. Okay. But she is always doing that. So I'm not going to make it about me, even though that's what I want to do. So continuing on. (laughs) Do a little bit because that's... No, 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 no. I'm saying that, like, I feel like I do that. Like, and I'm doing it right now. So it's funny. Anyways, continue. (laughs) No, she does it in a way that is, like, she will, like, assign motive or outcome to what you're saying. And you're like, "Mm, no. But then by the time you're able to say something, like, can I clarify? She's on to the next thing. So you really never clarify. So she's just got her own. 
And like you it's feel true. like if you bring the conversation back to it, you're kind of being um, aggressive or something. Yes. Confr- confrontational. Yes. yes. Yeah, I know the time. <clears throat> I think it's I think it's very boomer plus uh, yes behavior. It really is. Yeah. So she mentioned that she was like, I just know that you're mad at God. That's why you're mad. You're mad at God. You're mad about a lot of things and God's taking the fall for it. And that's why you're not Christian anymore. And blah, 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 blah. And I was like, no, <laughs> but I just left it alone. Like, we're not going to talk about this. So I texted her that night, a wall of text. I wanted to read you some highlights. Okay. I said, mom, I love you. That's number one. Sorry. I wanted to let you know that I'm not mad a lot about God. When I feel mad about stuff, it's likely towards my mom, my grandparents' situation, capitalism, racism, <laughs> yeah. fat phobia. <clears throat> um, I just gave her some examples about what I'm thinking about a lot. Um, I think a lot about how I don't know my Mexican heritage. I think a lot about how I could function better if my patterns of behavior weren't rooted in trauma. But I'm not mad about God. I want you to know that I never, ever feel like I'm not welcome in your home and with you and dad and Nana. I feel safe and absolutely loved. I know sometimes it probably comes across like the things I express are in anger. I hope I express this in the right way here. I felt silenced a lot as a kid. I wasn't exactly empowered to be who I felt I was or express myself or my thoughts. I kind of had to shut up and be my sibling's mom. And also focus on, quote, getting out of this shithole, as the cop told me after I was assaulted in my home by my mom's friend. I don't have a lot of practice saying my thoughts and feelings out loud. I'm learning to find my voice and express myself in a way that I don't feel walked over and in a way that doesn't walk over others. I think a lot has changed for me in the pandemic, and I have gone through All this therapy and self-reflection and also seeing how easily and quickly a disease could kill you. I was like, I'm done with my facades. I've been dismantling them one by one. I'm not hiding my trauma and shame anymore. I'm rooting them all out. Um, I just want to show up, be a present mother, make conscious efforts to have a good life with Spence. I'm going to be authentic now. Um, So I pretty much just said thank you for being my mom. Um, and hopefully the wall of text didn't scare her. And then she she messaged me back. My husband was like, she's probably asleep. But she messaged me back and was like, thank you for sharing, trusting me to share and communicate your feelings. I love you. Proud to call you my daughter. I respect you. You love deeply and fiercely. Thank you for all of your help today. I felt your love. So. <sighs> That's awesome. I feel. Honestly, you feel like, seen and heard, right? <clears throat> yes. And like. At the end of the day, when I have all of these anxieties built up around going to family functions and like having them from my childhood and then like going to a new family and expecting the same thing, like my mom, my mom, my mom, meaning Spencer's mom is not the same person as my mom and she will respect me if I come to her and like say this is what's going on and she doesn't say it she doesn't say oh it's all good or like try to say the things just to make me feel better so that she could have her things you know what I mean it's just it just comes across different it like comes across as genuine 
Right, right, right. It's, yeah, and it's like, sometimes you're worried about having those conversations, and then when they just go off without a hitch, and it, I don't know, it's just, it's really nice. Like, that's, that's awesome that she <clears throat> didn't take it any way but how it was supposed to be, you know? Yeah. So, I feel validated. Awesome. It's way cool. My brother-in-law is cool. My mom is cool. <laughs> Prince of Egypt slaps. Did we talk about that? Yeah, Prince I, of Egypt I, slaps, guys. <laughs> I saw that shit in theater. So did I. And I could not stop like talking about it at school. And I saw like my fourth grade teacher and I was like, wasn't that the best movie ever? <laughs> and when we got the VHS, I wore it out. And now I'm going to wear out the Blu-ray. I love it so much. And I'm firmly atheist. <laughs> that doesn't but mean i'm of... firmly a prince of egypt fan for sure and I, I mean i feel like the prince that's one of the moses aside from like have you seen uh christian bell is moses because damn <laughs> have you seen that <laughs> have you seen i think it's called exodus have you seen that fucking movie uh no book of exodus movie oh exodus it's, movie it's like uh whoever plays uh ramsey's a hot he's a he's a hottie um exodus movie christian bale so many exodus movies but uh, it pretty much just paints Moses as a guy who got hit on the head a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the pro- that's like, I don't have a problem with like watching the Prince of Egypt as an atheist because it's like my kid's going to watch Santa Claus. My kid's right, watching Barbie. Right, my right. kid's watching all of these other fictional characters. Like, why the hell not? So. I know, right? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think it's a great movie. I and it's very uh cinematic like i think it's a great it's well done so why not Yeah, and the animation is beautiful the music it really is, is the music's awesome. great yeah somebody was like there's too many white people playing egyptians and i was like yeah but jeff goldblum plays a jewish person so is he jewish he's jewish i guess fixed. goldblum oh yeah hell yeah um like jewish what, people man where like what part like what's his what's his heritage I'm going to Google that. This is why we can't do Jewish yes or no, because it's all yes for me. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, that's why it'd be hard, though. Like, if, we, did like a, if we did a bracket of Jewish people. Who's Daniel our, Radcliffe. Who are, that's your number one? No, he, that's I, just, like, the number one on the thing. Well, you know what? There is some no's. Adam Sandler, yes. Gwyneth I've, Paltrow, meh. Harrison Ford, Rashida Jones, Jack Harrison Black. Ford's a Jew? I love that. Okay, you know what? We should do. We should do. We should do a, a, Jew, a know, Jewish bracket. I don't know bracket. if this is real. A Judaism it can't be real. I don't think we're allowed to say Jew. <clears throat> Whatever I say it all the time. I don't. I mean, it's nothing but love. My friend. Uh, my friend uh, Laura <laughs> is uh, half Jewish, half Catholic, and uh, I'm always like, "You're my favorite half Jew, Laura." We call. I call her Lori. She calls me Barbara because we used to work retail together, and they would always get our names wrong. So that's a fun little fact. So I, if I'm not calling her Governor because she's from England, uh, I am calling her my favorite half Jew. So <laughs> nothing but love. When my 23 and Me came back with 1.6 percent Ashkenazi Jew, I was like, "Yeah, you're like Ohio, my ancestors." <laughs> <laughs> so um, I went to the Grand last night. And- you did? Did you go swimming? No, but uh, we just had... That's the first thing you said, let's go swimming. I was like, this girl needs to just get out in the world. <laughs> I love to swim. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, we were at the Laurel because that's where uh, Anthony works. And he's ready to come back on, by the way. We need to have him on again. He got okay, a microphone, cool. too. Oh, good. 
Um, but <laughs> we were at the Laurel and they, cause they just, it's really cute in there and stuff. I of course, with the whole time I was tripping balls that I was going to get seen because I used to work there. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> we were there for like 20 minutes. I'm with like some of my work girlfriends and, um, uh, Anthony goes, well, I hope you're ready. Cause Dave Chappelle's coming down. <laughs> oh my God. What? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I was and share- listen to the episode. Dave Chappelle. And had some say some things to say to you. <laughs> Did I talk shit about Dave Chappelle? Yeah. <laughs> a long time ago. Honestly, I feel like he didn't end up coming down. But I was like, if he and I ever had a conversation, like if he asked if I was going to a show, I'd be like, no. And if he asked why, I'd be like, because I don't want to hear your comedy right now. Like, if I'm, if I'm going to talk to you, I want to talk to you like face to face. Like, I want to talk to Joe Rogan face to face. Like, I just want to sit down and have a fucking conversation with them about... So, like, I can try to help them understand other people's perspectives because I feel like they're struggling right now. You know what? I think I think the Grand is a magical place where famous people come. They all, and there, there's always a famous people person. imagine running into them and work it all out. That's, like... I mean, honestly, like, because Sherry was like, oh, my God, girl, let's get, his, let's get it, like, a picture of them, let's get his autograph. And I'm like, I don't know. I think I'm going to let the man live. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like I feel like if you if the bartender announces to you because you know the bartender oh by the way Dave Chappelle's on his way down yeah. what are you what are you supposed to do but imagine you know especially because like, we okay, I've worked it all out I'm gonna say no thanks well and I used to work there I used to work there yeah yeah and I don't I don't ever want to be rude to a celebrity because Dave Chappelle's brought no. me a, a great deal of joy um plus also they're just people they have regular lives Right. But if he was to ask, like, why do you, why don't you want to go to the show or whatever? Because I feel like that's something he would ask. I, not that we're ever even going to talk. <laughs> but also, there is that extra because Anthony's there and so is Zach. And it's like, okay, what if he comes and sits at the bar? Like, whatever. We'll probably. And he's Dave fucking Chappelle. I'm sure people walk up to him all the time. And Sherry yeah. was ready. She's like, let's do it. And we're three hot girls. Like, we got, we got, a, we got a, a fat blonde chick. We got a little Filipino girl. <laughs> and we have a Peruvian. Yeah, you know, cute. we were all very cute. So I don't think Dave Chappelle would care if we walked up and said, hey, you know what I mean? Otherwise, why would he come down to the restaurant? He can just order room service. That's true. So like he wants interaction. He likes to do that before a show. I think it gives him material. Tommy did the same fucking thing. <laughs> Tommy did the same thing? Yeah. He like hung out with us for a little bit and then he went up for like an hour before a set and wrote jokes and some of the jokes he wrote upstairs <laughs> he's like you know what i've noticed about my friends they're drunk I write jokes about them <laughs> <laughs> i'd love to have tommy again oh i love tommy i talked to him yesterday because i sent him uh that martin joe thing i got from ninth and ninth he's like i love that and i'm like cool i'll send it to you so he got it yesterday and oh, i nice. sent him there's like a witch store by uh andy's um Andy's studio mm-hmm. that I drove by when I was dropping him off that freaking Bowie book. Um, yeah. And I stopped and got some incense and he's like, what are the incense? Lou wants to know. <laughs> that was, that was my Tommy's. <laughs> what were the name of them? They're incensed. Lou wants to know. <laughs> Tommy. I love that bitch. Yeah. He's a good, he's a good man. How about how about my mission reunion? You want to talk about that? Ooh, I would. Okay. So I got I told I taught Kendra how to do makeup. Yeah. It was looking so good. 
and then you gave me that eyeliner to put on the bottom and you know what that was the trick that was what made me cry oh okay and then i got a like a welt or like a rash on the end of my eye from like rubbing it rubbing it rubbing it rubbing it oh rubbing shit it. yeah and then so i had to go like so low-key with the makeup anyway <laughs> <laughs> well that's all right but i thank you thank you bobby that's the number one thing i wrote down thanks to bobby she <laughs> gave me the fucking confidence to walk in there and i did it like i that's what i wanted to do i wanted to walk in to a place where I knew I knew everybody and I was a different person and I mm-hmm. just was there to accept myself and to just exist. Right. So I was so excited because um, my president and sister doll, the mission presidents that organized this whole thing, they've been on like several missions. So after our mission like after they did our mission presidency, which is three years, then they went on, they were called to be the mission MTC mission training center president for like Chile, Santiago. And then they also went back to Chicago and served as the temple presidents in Chicago. So they've been gone like this entire time. So we haven't had a mission reunion since they've been doing all of this, this stuff. And, um, they came to my wedding and that was like it. I didn't see them. Did they go to the temple? Hmm? Did they go to the, into the temple? Yeah. They were there for like our wedding, our like whole ceremony and stuff. Okay, cool. So that was really nice and really cool. Um, but I walk in the door and I see these two missionaries that I know and they don't acknowledge me because it's whatever. And then I heard the one say to the other, well, sister doll got sick this morning and they're not coming. And I was like, the fuck am I here then? And I was like, well, bye. (laughs) And I turned to walk out the door and then I laughed and then I laughed. And then I came back and I wrote my name on a dumb name tag and I put on and I was like, I can do this. I walked in the door. And so when I RSVP'd to like this mission reunion, I was like, make sure that heathens are welcome or whatever. One of the missionaries that I served with messaged me her. I'm going to call her sister A because I don't know if she wants me to talk about her. She said, I'm going to come up from Las Vegas and I'm going to like be there. And I was like, I'd be so excited. But she didn't end up coming either because the gas is so expensive. So I was like, well, there's one person that won't be here that I know, but there may be one. And I walk in and Elder Lippert was there. His name is Thomas. He's not on Facebook, so he didn't really know what was going on with me. But he texted me right before and was like, are you coming? So many people are coming. I would love to see you. And I was like, just so you know, I'm not Mormon, but I am coming and I, I'm, I come in peace. And he was like, OK, cool. Even though he didn't care. Um, so I hung out with him and I just like, I brought some silly putty to play with because anxiety and yeah, I sat by him. That's good. And he was cool. He was so cool because, um, I want to say this like the right way. Okay. So Elder Lipper. I don't know how to call him by his first name. It's weird. Sorry. So I'm going to just call him by elder and sister because it's part of the cult. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I, he was supposed to go to Greece 
and I asked him like did you do you ever feel bad that you never went to Greece and that you had to go to Chicago instead and he's like wow that's so nice that you remembered that but um sometimes I do get sad that I didn't get the opportunity to like go to a foreign country but uh-huh. I feel like I was in the right mission because the people that I met like the missionaries that I met were so cool and so he really was just like a down to earth person and then I'm the sorry, boy I gotta, I gotta pee. We'll just one second. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna ca- I'm gonna gather my thoughts anyway. Okay, because we're really we're killing it here today. <laughs> yeah. I'll be right back. Sorry about that. All good. I uh, had to put my clothes in the dryer too because I'm picking up Al from school and I like to. <laughs> evoke thoughts from his him and his classmates when I pick him up they will always wonder who I am <laughs> it's a good solid plan I feel like I've been like anxiously talking about this experience because I was anxious about it yeah I think that's fine so do you do you want to switch the gear and not be anxious about the rest of the, what you're telling yeah okay I wanted to say that uh, another ex-Mormon came uh-huh. Brad and Amanda Perry's cousin uh-huh who I served with, and he, we reminded each other of how much we hated each other. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> and I was like, hey, remember how we hated each other? And he was like, yeah. So this is one of the one of the stories. He's allergic to mango, and he drank this mango lemonade at Be- Buffalo Wild Wings, and then we had to drive him home. Uh-huh. And on the way home, it's like a two-hour drive, he gets the shits, and he's like, pull the car over. And I was like, it is not becoming of a servant of the Lord to shit on the side of the road. You said that? No, I didn't say shit. Uh, and but everything else you said, you're such a dick. I was like, no, you're not doing that. We will find a gas station at the next exit. And he was like, pull over. It's coming out of my butt cheeks. <laughs> like, He's like, I will poop in your car. I will poop in your car. And so we found a gas station and he went and pooped in the toilet. And the for the rest of the mission, I called him Skids. Oh, you're such a dick, man. (laughs) But listen, this was not our first run-in. We had already hated each other for a long time. This kid, like, he was something else. We did not, we did not like each other. But one time at a district meeting, he wrote poop on the back of my car. Was this before or after the poop? I can't remember. So I, I feel like we retaliated on each other for no good reason. We were just like, you know what? I got to have an enemy and you're it. Um, yeah, I, was I, had, also, I had those. I also was a more serious missionary and he was more of like a, like, I don't care about these rules. Like doing it because he they, has to. Yeah. And like he, I mean, he wanted to be a missionary, but he also was just like, I'm going to have girls over in my apartment. And like, I don't really care about X, Y, Z and stuff like that. So anyway, he wrote poop on the back of my car when I came out of the church parking lot and saw the word poop written on my car. I went up to him and I stole his keys. You guys had such a crush on each other. I smashed them. I threw them on the ground and then I ran over the keys. Wow. (laughs) And then I threw something of his into the field next to the church. Also, I was like, that's not very becoming of a a servant of the Lord. (laughs) I know. Whatever. Whatever. (laughs) change of events but i was like no i don't like you and so then he had to apologize even though he didn't want to uh 
Elder McDonald, Geneva's husband, had to be like, uh, Elder Perry, you need to apologize to the sisters for writing poop on the back of your of their car. <laughs> so dumb. Anyway, we ended up like making up because he was like, so Sister Clark or whatever, Kendra, you're not a Mormon anymore. And I was like, no, I'm not. And he's like, was it something that was it something that made you go away from the church or did you like he's saying this kind of loudly at the table? Did you find out the false teachings of it all and and how it's all preposterous and all a lie? And that's what made you leave. And I was like, not the time or the place. Oh, so he's saying, yeah, it isn't the time or the place. It's like you walked into their house, man. Don't disrespect. Yeah. Them. Yeah. So I was like, I'd love to talk to you about this later. Kind of like I tried to say something like uh, I tried to like switch the topic. So I was like, well, I'm gay. <laughs> uh elder Liverett was like oh and i was like well i mean like i have a husband who i love and adore and i am sexually attracted to but i'm like mostly gay and so when the november policy came out about the children of gay parents i was like i don't think that this is the uh culture or society for me i like i i think i need to like remove myself but that's the thing though is like I was able to have, res- like, I really wanted to have respectful conversations, and I did. That's good. Yeah, that means that you, you've reached the next plane, honestly. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so I'm not I'm not mad anymore. I'm just, like, accepting it, which this was This is what really it good. is, yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it's not like, oh, hush, 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 hush. Like, and you kind of feel like you have to be hush, hush at the beginning because what you're going to say is going to be so aggro. Yeah. And this party wants to be aggro about it, too. But um, at some point you're just like live and let live. Who cares? Like yeah. I will, ha- I will have like a res- I'll have a respectful conversation about it where my vo- my views will be shared. Yeah. But um, if you're gonna get what we're overworked about just my reality worked up over that, then we shouldn't have the conversation. But yeah, I'm down to have a conversation about this with anyone who wants to have it, as long as we can be respectful, and that yeah. means both of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And. Oh, and then the last cool thing that happened. So, like, Elder Lippert was, like, one of the only people that I actually really talked to. Um, somebody complimented my hair. Somebody complimented my outfit. Blah, blah, yeah, blah. That cute. was, like, really cool. Um, but most of the people just kind of avoided eye contact with me. And I felt like either it was because they didn't recognize me. Or because they've been listening to the podcast. Or <laughs> they, like... Honestly, I was in the most remote remote part of the mission for the last nine months, so I didn't get a whole lot of interaction with a lot of the elders. Like, I knew of them. I know all their names or whatever. Uh-huh. But that's just the autism. You know, that's not, like, anything. Right. We're not friends. And so I try not to take any of it personally because whatever their issue is, like, maybe they didn't know me or they didn't feel comfortable approaching me or whatever, or they heard me talking about the ex-Mormon stuff in the corner or whatever. You know, they were just yeah. like, okay. But... At the last, like, 20 minutes, um, somebody walked up to us and said, hey, do you guys remember Sister Ika? And I don't know. I I mentioned on the podcast that she had passed in childbirth. Yeah. Her husband drove down from Idaho to come down and um, I I just stood up and I was like, Oh my God. Cause I had a hard time with the filter. I honestly swore so much. And I was like, I'm really sorry. I'm really trying not to swear. I'm over people just... who can't handle swearing. It's like, I'm not making you do <clears throat> yeah, anything. But like, like you said, I'm in their house. Like I'm trying to be respectful. I like... understand that too. But it's also like, it's the difference between 
I don't know. I'm with you. I, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should have tried to pull it together, I guess. But it's also like, I don't, I'm not meaning anything by it. Well, the like, people, I mean, Elder Lipper didn't care. And like, obviously the other guy didn't care. They're like, it's, it's literally fine. Like, I was like, I just want to let you know that I'm making an effort to be respectful. I'm really trying. It's just really hard to for, remember what swear words are. <laughs> and so I like, just like, oh my God. And then I like, I just, I just went up to him and I was like, can I hug you? And he was like, yeah. And he's this big Polynesian man. Oh. And I just hugged him. And I was like, um, thank you for coming. I loved Sister Ika. I loved your wife. And I, I, I couldn't stop hugging him. And I was like, obviously, I'm hugging you so long because this is, like, for her. And, like, I just want you to know that, like, she was really special and like, thank you for coming. And like, I feel like you're bringing her here. And he started a ball <laughs> and I started a ball. Aww. So it was like really special. And they brought, he brought her daughter. And then he told me that he named his son after her and after the area that both she and I served in. So it was really cool. <laughs> but that was like a, I mean, out of all of the things, I think. Elder Lippert was like the coolest because he just made me feel like it was all chill, and and, like, he, and he and he's he's still a member, right? Yeah, he yeah. Is. That that is, and honestly, that is what I do love. I think that's why I love like Brayden and Tanner and those guys so much is because I've never felt disrespected by Brayden or Tanner. Yeah, yeah. And um, and that's what it should be, right? That's what it should be because it's like, yo, dude, we didn't all go down the same path. The point is, is that we are progressive enough and bendable enough to be able to accept other people that aren't like us and learn from them, bake from them, you know, yeah. and support them. So I do have more to say about Elder Lippert, but I want to save it for the end because it's like, I, as I was like writing out this episode, I texted him and I just like thanked him and he like, we just had this huge back and forth. So I'll just talk about it later, but okay. those were just like the coolest moments. And I'm ultimately really glad I went. I'm really glad you went too. Yeah. I feel like it felt like that actually helped you get to the next level was because that was your big you know, that was your debutante ball there. You you're officially out. Yeah, hell <laughs> You know. Side tangent, I've been watching Gilded Age and I love it. <laughs> oh my god, right? That's exactly what I thought of. I'm like, bring her out. Bring her out. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it a guilty pleasure though are you like this show fucking sucks i can't no. wait for the next episode so, i don't you're probably not watching bridgerton because that's not your style i uh, know i mean but i've thought about it cassie told me too she's like it's so good so i'm like second oh. season everybody hates it but i've i love it all the more the all first the season more. is essential to all get, the more. first season is essential to get the base for like second season and why it's so good uh-huh. but i feel like i feel like gilded age is like, I like the aesthetic more. I'm not really into like olden day like harpsichord shit. I really like the costuming of Gilded Age and it's like so the, the setting. Oh and yeah, stuff. costume yeah. and set design are phenomenal. That's actually yeah. what I like the most about it. And I like, I really like that. Um, seeing how undeveloped New York was at a certain point and how yes. these rich people came in and made these vast, huge buildings that are now just like apartment buildings. You know? Yeah, it's um, it's Bridgerton meets, uh succession aha <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> have you finished succession um, no oh, you were you were watching you were we're, no, we're one episode away are you so excited yeah we're gonna watch it tonight i'm like so i feel like you're gonna call me crying 
<laughs> okay, I will call you crying. I'll be crying. I'll call you right after. Anyway. Yeah. How are you liking Succession? It doesn't stop, does it? The fun don't stop. It, um, so I was too high for this, and I texted you, and I was like, what the fuck is happening? Because I opened he's, up with Kendall singing, and I was like, is this he, the right show? This is the right actor. He's trying to get everyone's approval, but he only wants his dad's. I mean, I've been there. Yep. Yeah, like, honestly, oh my god, and the scene where Tom goes into that room with Greg and, like, destroys the entire filing <laughs> system and, like... I was like, he's fucking unhinged. And then he's like, we're not going to prison. And I was like, this is an appropriate reaction, I feel like. <laughs> I love that I love that uh, Greg keeps stu- stuffing things down his pants. Like, it's like, protect your neck, bro. <laughs> Greg is something else. The he's whole the flirting highlight. line when he's, like, trying to flirt with the lady. And he's like, hello, my lady doth fair maiden. <laughs> God, I love anyway, it's, it's yeah. all great. Watch Succession on HBO. You know, we'd like to get we'd like to give HBO. It's not very a very known network. Uh, we'd like to give them a little shout out. If you yeah. guys haven't heard of HBO, please <clears throat> please give them your support. They're struggling. Yes, and uh, HBO. Just you know, this mention is all gratis because <laughs> we know you're not paying for us for this sponsorship. But and look, what we want to see you thrive because obviously we're doing better than you are HBO. So. <laughs> You know, shout out to the little man over there. Yeah. Uh, well, we will never forget you. <laughs> Your three shows that we watch. <laughs> no, I watched it Six Feet Under right now. I'm restarting it because uh, I'm reading Smoke Gets in Your Eyes, that uh, book about cremation. And oh, I'm yeah? Just like, I got to watch Six Feet Under again. It's been a minute. I'll put it on the list. But I also oh. have been avoiding screen time. And like, I like to just not be on my computer or on my phone. Yes. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Because we mentioned it a little bit last week when you're like, what's up? Why are you like, I mean. Well, I think we know why. I, it, I know why now. Yeah. <laughs> Intentionally slow living is the cure for burnout. And it takes three to five years of solid, intentionally slow living. And I just thought I just might as well get a start on it now. Right. See what I can do. Because like it's like quitting cold turkey. Like I'm just trying to quit the chaos cold turkey. I'm not signing up for things I don't want to do. I'm canceling if I'm like, oh, sorry, that was my extroverted personality addicted to chaos that made those plans. Like I'm gonna stay in. Like, can I tell you one of the benefits of going taking my work friends in to t- talk to Anthony, is so they could all uh, commiserate about how I'm a flaky ass bitch, just so they know that I'm not doing it just to one of them. I'm doing it to oh, everyone. Yeah, it's a good idea. <laughs> Another way to do it is just announce it on your podcast. Like that's true. I actually I, I didn't know I didn't know anyone was listening to it, but Crystal, uh, our little Peruvian girlfriend, she's so cute. She's so beautiful too. Um, she's like, I've been listening to your podcast, and I'm like, Oh yeah. She's like, It's really good. I like it. Like she's like, she like pulled it up on her phone. She's like, See, look. And then Sherry's like, Oh, I'm gonna start listening to it. She's like, Do you talk about us? And I'm like, I don't think so. I'm like, I'm usually just talking shit on April if I mention. The restaurant, but whatever. Should I take out that name again? I don't care. It doesn't matter <laughs> to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I am what I am, and everyone fucking knows it. So, who gives a shit? Honestly, like, of the hundred people listening to this, thank you. <laughs> thank you. No, I feel like we have more than a hundred listeners. I was crunching some numbers the other day. <laughs> <laughs> 
I feel like we'll talk about it off the air. <laughs> I feel like uh, I think we have a hundred solid listeners. I feel like this is what I feel like. What? People have a lot grabbing their attention, and if we have a hundred listeners listening, I'm grateful for that. Yeah, I know. I just know. I think we're being modest, and that's I cool. Let's be modest. Cool. Cool. <laughs> no, I I told you I crunched the goddamn numbers. <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk again. We'll talk about it off the air. <laughs> Shit, I don't, I don't like all this hum- humility. I'm not, not known for it. Can I talk about Brad Perry for a minute? Let's talk about Brad Perry. I love him because this is going to segue into the topic of the day that we were supposed to be doing. First Brad of all, Brad Perry, Perry works out. Okay, Brad Perry, Brad Perry works out. Brad Perry works out. When I hugged him, I was like, "You're you work out, bro. He's he's like buff." yeah amanda is very proud of how hot he is yeah he's he's very cute congrats amanda you're also very cute so it works out and you have a very cute (laughs) child so what up titus hey titus (laughs) uh brad perry so he gets his information from somewhere and he's probably gonna be mad that i didn't pay enough attention to remember (laughs) where he got it from yes he's like informed and he can give you uh his his sources too yeah and sometimes he comes over to my house just to tell me the things that i got wrong uh, <laughs> which is cool because <laughs> it's cool but we'd never rectify it we're just like whatever <laughs> I'm like, yeah i'll remember to say that no i can't i can't listen my brain i have a little lizard brain it doesn't my, hold all that information i'm sorry sometimes i listen to the podcast and i'm like you are sa- you don't know what the fuck you're saying like <laughs> but i'm like but it's like whatever people know what i mean yeah yeah, I'm just banking on people being talking, like, oh, yeah. T- talking for two hours while you're smoking weed, like, shit's going to get a little fumbled, okay? Thank you for listening and understanding. Yeah. Next. Thank you, Brad Perry, for bringing us corrections weekly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so here for Brad all Perry of it. Said, I'm here for all of it. Uh, okay, so this is how mission presidents, like, mission presidents, this is, they actually do play a big part, okay? So mission presidents eventually come become Area 70, and they eventually become apostles. And this is all like a recommendation s- system. Like people will be like, who do you know that could be stake president? Or who do you know that could be a mission president? Or who do you know? So this is all just like good old boy club things, right? Mm-hmm. So mission presidents have a pipeline into the 12 apostleship of the church. And Brad Perry said that they measure the success of the mission president by the percentage of return missionaries still paying tithing. Okay, wait, repeat that? Yeah. They measure the success of the mission president. Else it's all financial. Uh-huh. By how many, like the percentage of return missionaries that still pay tithing. So in order for, because oh like God. I was like, my mission president invited me to this uh, whatever, even though he knows I'm not a Mormon. And he's like, of course he does, because as long as he can keep his tithe payers in his mission up, those are the numbers that they look at when they're looking for like Area 70. Like mission, so like you can't really control where you go on your mission. Like some, right. some missions are in Europe and they get less than a baptism per, per person out there. Right. So you can't really like go it off of there because those kind of numbers are really out of your control. But as long as you, you as a mission president can like the purpose of the mission is to make return missionaries that stay right. You, right. you get out of high school, you're kind of, 
pushed into going on a mission to have this exclusive experience where you're kind of in this like subculture. And if you can come home and stay in the church, that's how the mission presence success is measured. That is unsurprising, but also depressing. Right. That depresses me as someone who used to be Mormon, as a used to be believer. Like if I would have found that out, I mean, I got out fairly early, but if I would have found that out, I think that would have been the thing that cut it for me. I'd be like, bye. Like, yeah, like, um, because... Money is of the devil. As far as I'm concerned, money <laughs> mm-hmm. is the, the devil. Doing anything you can to get money is the devil. Pretty I greedy. Would, yeah, greed. So greedy. And it's like, and there's must be more to it. There's got to be more. There must be more than this provincial life. <laughs> There's Just a song. watch, I'm going <laughs> to make bell my wife. You're welcome. I love the scenery. Thank you, Bobby. <laughs> Both my arms were out, extended very, you know, I was doing a yeah. full Gaston. You want adventure in the great wide somewhere. I want it more than I can bell. <laughs> um, okay, anyways, uh, I'm sorry I did that. I remember one. That was my favorite Disney movie. And yeah. fun, fun fact, I always cried when Beast turned into a man because he because wasn't Because he was hotter as the Beast. Yes. And he looked like my dog, Chester. And I was like, I want we, Chester back. We all have issues. <laughs> no, they just need to, I don't know, blondes don't really translate. Exactly. On, on cartoon, like blonde males. And I don't know, maybe he looked too much like my whole entire family to her. I was like, Bleh. you know. <laughs> uh, blondes. Well, and he was a brunette for like most of the movie. So you're like, what? Yeah, I was expecting some like... Kurt Russell vibes, maybe. Yeah. Kurt Russell all uh, uh, overboard. Kurt Russell really anytime. Kurt Russell. He's such a babe. <laughs> you know, honestly, when Goldie and Russ die, mm-hmm. Russell Crowe, those, that's going to be like my parents die. Like, that's going to be like the true. That's the emotion I'm going to get. My parents aren't getting nothing from me. But like when they die, I'm going to be like, I'm going to mourn those deaths. Well, because <laughs> I live in a fantasy world, people. Yeah. And that's fine. We all sometimes do. You got, Nothing's sometimes you real. Gotta. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you got to. And you know, in that fantasy world, Kendra's my wife, so. Yeah. We're here. <laughs> Together. She's my spouse. Espoused. Anyways, continue. Sorry, we're, we're so, we're it's so side-tended. And I, so, I got a nephew I got to pick up in an hour and a half. An yeah, hour, so an hour and ten minutes. We got we'll we to buggy. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, the, the thing that I wanted to, like, slide into this here is slide, like when slide, brad, slide. <laughs> when brad told me that i was like damn i really was like bamboozled yeah You're because bamboozled. i'm going into this thinking like president and sister doll don't care that i'm gay or and i have this podcast where i cuss or whatever you know like i'm assigning acceptance into this invitation when really it could like most likely be like even if it is just innocent and being like well no we like you and we want to see you but it you don't is have, a tool know, yeah. for like bringing you back. You know what I mean? Like, it's just more of that. It's a cash grab. Who would have thought a religion <sighs> turned their shit into cash grab? It's, so, not like, it's not like Joel Austin has fucking hundred dollar bills lining his goddamn walls. No, who's that? Right? Joel Austin? No, I know who it is. I was like, really? <laughs> so. That's what made me want to, like, kind of look at the bite model mm-hmm. um, for determining if you're in a cult. And as far as, like, if the, my mission was a cult and if my mission president is trying to suck me back in, 
all of these things. That's why I wanted to talk about cult behavior today. Well, yeah, and honestly, like, we're of course going to try to be respectful because we don't have a lot of Mormon listeners. But the truth of the matter is, outside of the state of Utah, Mormons are considered a cult. So we're going to kind of break it down and see if that's true or not. You know, just we're doing it. Is this the place podcast style? Yeah. So we'll, we'll try we're to keep it, it open. We're keeping it open. But I mean, there are some things we can't help but notice line up. So let's discuss. Yeah. All right. So the bite model is um, a resource from, let me see, Stephen Hassan. Hassan. How do you, how would you say it? Uh, Stephen Hassan. Hassan. Yeah. Hassan. Uh, Stephen Hassan's bite model is in his book, Combating Cult Mind Control, Releasing the Bonds, Freedom of Mind. It explains the four overlapping components of control necessary to define undue influence. It clearly spells out the criteria used by cults, manipulative Bible-based religious groups, and oppressive individuals to suppress the uniqueness and creativity of their followers. B-I-T-E, or BITE, is an acronym to for control of a person's behavior, information, thoughts, and emotions. What I'm going to do is illustrate some examples of each category in the mission. And then did you have any examples of like yeah, I do. church? I, awesome. do my, I do my homework, bitch. All right. All right. I just didn't know if I was being too bossy to be like your assignment. <laughs> I give you an assignment almost every time we do a podcast and you never do it. Oh, you do? <laughs> it's the ADHD. I don't really read you, it. <laughs> you always go. Uh, uh, yeah, I can be ready. Just, just fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not, I'm quitting school today. <laughs> so it's, Sorry. Are, are you really? I will be better. Wait, are you quitting I, school for real or was that a joke? Was that a joke? I am going to quit school. You want to talk about that real quick? No. Okay, I'll talk well, about it later. Next week. Okay. Yeah. Um, Stay tuned, motherfuckers. But <laughs> for season four, I Beauty promise, school dropout. I will be better about being ready. You're fine. I'm just saying, Kay. yeah, I'm ready. I don't know what your deal is, but I am. I thought you got straight A's. How did you get straight A's? Uh, it's that gifted thing. Where you just, like, do it, and then eventually everybody else's intelligence matches up with you, and then you're no longer ahead of the game. But then by that time, you haven't you haven't developed good study habits or homework habits or time management because you didn't have to. All I'm saying is I was like, this bitch giving me homework. And then you're like, are you ready? I'm like, this bitch thinking I want to be ready. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the first one is behavior control. Okay. Um, the behavior control I noticed with missions is that it's a set schedule. Uh-huh. And you have companionships. Yeah, you know what? That's crazy. I wa- I didn't think about it until, like, you s- – like, because I, w- I went through to the Mormon church. Yeah, but yeah. But the mission for sure is, like, way more indoctrination, I feel. Yeah, because there's a uh, – a bullet point here that says dictate where, how, and with whom the member lives and associates or isolates. Right. And we were only allowed to be with missionaries or, and like we have this set schedule of when we're supposed to be where and like how often we're supposed to eat with members or whatever. And you have a companionship who's supposed to be with you 24 hours a day instilling like this watchdog mentality where you really can't go out of the bounds or you have a tattletale right there. Yeah. This is, uh, the mission is way more 
way more. It, it really is. And it's kind of freaking creeping me out a little bit because yeah. I didn't think I like, it's all hitting me right now. Yeah. Um, because like you have your whole like easy beginner, beginner, you know, yeah. when you're, when you're a kid and you're going to church and blah, 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 blah. And everyone pushes you to go on this mission and they try to get them right out of high school. Yeah. And then like they used to wait until they're 19 and 21, but now they're doing it 18 and 19. Yeah. And, um, and you're an the, adult by then, right? Yeah. And when the girl's home, waiting to go on a mission the whole time everyone's like you should marry a return missionary but like yeah it's crazy how it goes from like beginner level to hard level um with their mission and then that sets them up for the rest of their life so they get indoctrinated for a year and a half two years and then on a hardcore level where that shit takes years to undo yeah. And, but everyone says it's a good thing. You don't need to undo it because it's a good thing. Yes. And by the time that they maybe are undoing it, if they ever do, they're locked in for life with kids and a wife and yeah. a marriage and all this shit. Another one is it says restrict leisure, entertainment, and vacation time. Um, uh-huh. Our leisure time was restricted so hard that it was once a week and it was between noon and 6 p.m. And um, oh, also... They restrict interaction. They monitor the interactions between adults. That's like the number one thing that I think I was like, that is pretty hard because there's no sex allowed, obviously, but there's also no physical touch. You could only, you could only give handshakes to elders and some missions. I thought you were going to say you could only give hand jobs. You can, you can only give handies. Handy guy didn't show up to the mission reunion, by the way. I wonder if he listens to your podcast. Pra, I don't know. I think Elder Lippert told him I was coming because Elder Lippert told me he was coming. And I was like, oh, okay, Ugh, it's going to be fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he never showed up. Um, but there's no physical touch. Some missions don't even allow elders and sisters to talk to each other. Um, and we couldn't do phone calls. All of our phone calls had to be under 10 minutes. And then if we like some missionaries tattled on their their companion talking to the elders uh, too much. And you're at this very pliable age. Yeah. You know, controlled just... types of ha- clothing and hairstyles. The shit. There's I don't, think, I don't think I don't think Zach was allowed to pass a sacrament because he had long hair. Interesting. I remember that being a scandal. Yeah. Oh, OK. Go um, into the church just general church ones then well i just this is actually what what was one of the things that turned me off um and i haven't thought about it in years except for when this got brought up um my brother was a very devout mormon zach was uh i think he believed in it or he tried really hard to um we all tried really hard to believe in it as far as i knew zach was gonna go on a mission um which for those of you who know zach now and even then i bet it was surprising but he got this bad rap because he liked the music that he did and he would, he grew his hair out and it was just shoulder. It was like to his ears, you know, it wasn't even long, but I remember someone made a huge deal about it and he didn't get a past sacrament. I think, I think this is again, long time ago, but I think he didn't get a past sacrament or he wasn't allowed to pass sacrament for a week or two. Mm-hmm. And I think there was a big threat of, you know, shaving his head. I think he eventually just shaved his own head under his own accord. Uh, but the person who but you, th- you don't think he would have if he was like not singled out for his hair do you think uh no i don't think so but it's also it made me go because there was boys with short hair that i knew were up to no good 
compared to Zach. And it just made me go, what is this? It's his hair. We have long haired Jesus all throughout our halls. Like, what is this? Mm-hmm. So I remember that being one of the first like red flags turnoffs to me where I was like, uh, no, 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 no. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not here to play these kind of fucking games. Yeah. But, wow. uh, yeah, it, it was, it was just, it's just, it's all facade, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you have any other examples of the church? Uh, just clothes, you know, like obviously modest is hottest. Yeah. Um, I, de- I definitely got made fun of for only having one church outfit. <laughs> But I was yeah. like, yeah, I wear it, I wear it for three hours a day, like, three hours a week. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Um, but yeah, just modesty and garments and stuff. Yeah. Also, like regulating the food, diet, and drink. Like you can't drink specific things or can't eat specific yeah. things. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I really didn't think about it, but yeah, the word of wisdom I have written down like twelve times on my paper. <laughs> I don't know where to put that. <laughs> well, I just kept writing word okay, of wisdom, so word next- of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is information control. So I think information control is the number one uh, cult behavior. It's the far as illustrated in the mission because yeah. it's just all about. There's no news, no sports, no TV, no radio, no music, no books, no magazines. Like you are really condensed down into only church approved materials and only the church approved materials that they give you. Holy shit. I couldn't. Yeah. So a couple of other um, things on here is compartmentalize information into outsider versus insider doctrines. So there are, there's a specific way that missionaries teach that like, Yes, your beliefs fit into ours, but they're not, you need to be brought up to speed in the restoration of all truth. So like, it, it is a really just like a us versus them. Um, encourage spying on other members, like impose a buddy system to monitor and control the member. Um, report deviant thoughts, feelings, actions to leadership, ensure that the individual behavior is monitored by the group. So that is a lot like, there's a system of, unethical use of confession so i feel like mission um i know that it gets, keep... I, I know that it gets abused in the church in the church thing like yeah like whether it's to get um use someone's confession to get more people to confess or uh you know get off on the confession they're all the teenagers getting you know, having to confess their sins to the bishop is just gross to me, no matter what. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the inappropriate use of confession, I feel like that's a thing. I don't know if I've seen an appropriate use of a confession in the church, to be honest. No, that's not fair. But they helped my dad get through rehab, I think, once. So yeah. they're not all bad. But, yeah, the inappropriate use of confession is for sure a thing. What about in the church, then, other than the confession things? Because... There's a whole thing about that. About what? You know the answer, so say it. I feel I'll like agree with you. On the unethical confessions thing, I feel like I was taught about masturbation at church. And then I was asked about masturbation at church. As a child, this is as a child. I was like, like what? What age? I want to say pre or post baptism. Post baptism. Okay. 
but like 11, right around, right around like maturation level. So I was taught about this, like, I was like, what is this? Or I was taught about pornography at church. And I was like, what is this? What is this? And then I was punished for performing the things that they taught me or figuring out or looking at the things that they like brought to my attention. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't think I was ever personally. um, Yes, I was. I, I've just dissociated from that. But um, as a child, I wasn't exploited in that way. You know what I mean? Like right. some people actually are sexually harassed by their bishops. And I wasn't. And I was yeah. lucky. Yeah, no, I mean, I same thing. Uh, I was lucky, too. I Again, I was very, by the time I was at that age, I was pretty much just, I've just, I had distanced myself for, from it a lot. Um, but yeah one in three of my friends have had it if not more have had an uh, inappropriate experience with their bishop yeah that being said uh lisa's dad's a high council and he's a great man yeah you know and see so, my dad was a, my spencer's dad was a bishop he's cool well i'm like i can't say enough good things about brayden he's a good guy he better be being a good bishop damn it brayden Braided. Braided. <laughs> no, I have a pretty good feeling that he is. But, like, you know, there are really good people that help you and stuff. But there's also the bad ones that we need to shine a little light on. Yeah. Um, another one I thought for information control for the church specifically is the top one, deception. Uh-huh. It says deliberately withhold information. Distort information to make it more acceptable and systematically lie to the cult member. So, um, I think the best example of this, and I think we should only go into one because it doesn't matter all of the different reasons. Right. The method of translation for the Book of Mormon. That's my first thought was that too. Yeah. I I wrote King James. (laughs) Go for it. Go for it. No, that was just my notes. I mean, I was like, uh, I just feel like, I mean, it even says as far as it's translated correctly, we even use it in our postscript uh, shit. Uh, It's all a cop out. It's all different. You know, Joseph Smith, his translation was completely different. I don't know that God would change his mind like that. I just don't. I'm sorry. So I, uh, I don't know. I think everything's very convenient. Well, the example that I thought of as well was that when we were children, we were taught that joseph smith translated the book of mormon from gold plates right and in all of the illustrations that's what he's that, doing that's what he's doing he's either got a sheet between them and the scribe and joseph who was like reading the the plates which by the way that was that was my original pitch for our cover art was for us to recreate that scene yeah, we should still do that. I think it'd be funny, yeah, to do it for a season or something. But um, yeah, <laughs> I, it, yeah, it's one hundred percent on my mind because it's all bullshit. It's just stupid. So then, and then when we were in school, even up until like, I think two thousand eleven, twelve, thirteen, they said that a seer stone, which is like, so ex, they said that this was all ex Mormon or um, anti Mormon lies put out by Satan. But I got a pamphlet when we went to the Mormon miracle pageant 
And that had Joseph Smith's face in a hat reading from a rock. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I, asked, I remember. Yeah, that changed when after we were adults, I feel. Yeah. I asked I asked Brother Monson, who was a stake president at that point, and I was like, what is this? Like, is this real? Is this how Joseph Smith, like, translated the Book of Mormon? And he's like, no. He used the Urim and Thummim, which were um, rock... Uh, spectacles in a breastplate and that's how he used to translate it and i was like okay but now it's doctrine taught like you can watch a video of the current president of the church putting his face in a hat and saying this is how joseph smith translated the book of mormon he didn't need the plates he was inspired it's inspired text and i think that right there is the number one deliberately withholding information, distorting information to make it more acceptable and systematically lying to the cult member because all of the people that were like told this is anti-Mormon, this is anti-Mormon Satan lies. Mm -hmm. That's actually the truth. Right. And it's like, uh, it's gaslighting, right? That's textbook gaslighting. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just weird. And I, I also think that one of the things that made me for sure leave the church for sure and never look back was 1978. Like, yeah, I would find it way more progressive again as a church to be like, yo, we're run, we're run by men. We're run by humans. Um, we like to be spiritual and stuff and we just were blinded like bad, our bad. I mm-hmm. would stick around to that religion way more, but it's just like, God wouldn't exclude anyone. They're not descendants of Cain. They're not any of this shit, but that shit they just fed to you until science proved otherwise. And they're like, oh, whoa, 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 or unless there's something in it for them. Yeah. And it's just like, ugh. there's too many examples. You're right. There's yeah, too many. There really is too many examples. I'm looking down here and it says extensive use of cult generated information and propaganda, including newsletters, magazines, journals, audio tapes, videotapes, YouTube, movies. We just had general conference. <laughs> the general conference, the enzyme, the new era, and the friend. Yep. And then also um, there is an emphasis to watch the like only read church approved things. Right. Like don't watch rated R movies. The FLDS like, take it further. One of my homies got kicked out of the religion before watching a rated R movie and having a drink of rum. Wow. Um, I think also they say just make sure that whatever information you're getting, it's from church approved material and so that you're you're not deceived by the deceiver Mm -hmm. and that is a form of like even when we were in school they were like you can't google a testimony they're discouraging the use of google you know to kind of figure out what was going on so i think that is doubt doubt your your doubts doubts. okay number three the number the letter t is for thought control um thought control doubt i have your, written doubt your doubts man i yeah. mean again it, that's what it is it's like if you have a thought that doesn't align with us it's satan and you should doubt it yes um the number two example is change person's name and identity we already talked about that with like give you're given a name that's sister or elder um and then there is i don't think there's a lot of thought control except for um, sorry. Um, there's like this the loaded senior... language, the loaded language there is, and the way that people talk and stuff. Like, yeah, like uh, d- 
contention is of the devil, how many things are of the devil? Right. Exactly. So it's like, if it's not jiving with you or if you have like a bad thought, you're of the devil. It's just, it's very, it, it invades your thoughts. Yeah. Obviously the, the shitty Mormonism I got was mostly from my mom, you know, yeah. Lay, laying down her dumbass rules. But like, I just remember so many things, especially Penguin's uh, brother, their seminary brother. He was nuts. He would lay all these psychotic thoughts. And I was just like, you would th- you'd be alone thinking about it later and being like, the fuck? And I, I remember I said, I don't know how he gets by telling everyone they're going to go to hell every day. And it was funny because a chick who's openly gay now was like, when does he say that? And I'm like, you sit next to me. Are you not in the class? Hmm. <laughs> like, hello? So... I think there's a way to like uh, defend people are find themselves defending their aggressors and they're because their aggressors are the people out outside of you telling you that having anything but a cherry happy thought is contentious. It's of the devil. It's anti Jesus. It's anti the plan. It's heathenistic or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it causes you to completely shut down any negative thought, and so you don't even have critical thinking skills at that point. One hundred percent. Yeah. Like I was just saying, like, I don't think there's anything specifically missionary about this specific one. I think Mm -hmm. it's just a problem in the whole church area. I think we could actually go to how they taped a picture of Jesus in the the shower. Oh, yeah. Like, look at you. That's very intrusive of your thought. And and like, uh, your shower should be your quiet time. Yeah. And no one's watching you there. But they have that thought. You have that thought. Jesus is watching me, so I can't masturbate. Do something that's totally physically normal to do. Or like I have to keep my thoughts completely on Christ, completely centered on Christ, so that I don't make a mistake in here. And God forbid a nineteen-year-old think about you know a hot chick he saw Boobs. that day. Boobs. Or any hot sisters. I know you yeah. elders had some wet dreams about me. <laughs> um. So I think as a whole for the church, I see one that is um. Thought control, teaching thought stopping techniques, doubt your doubts, uh-huh. which shut down reality testing by stopping negative thoughts and allowing only positive thoughts, including denial, rationalization, justification, wishful thinking, chanting, which uh-huh. they do. Yeah, we have the set prayers. In the temple. <laughs> and, and the <clears throat> said prayers. Yeah. We, we do it. It's the... I'd like to bear my testimony. I know the truth is true. I know Joseph Smith is a true present prophet. I love my mom. Mm-hmm. I love my dad. Mm-hmm. I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yep. It's all of these. There's it's these all like chanting. That's chanting. Written. Yep. Um, and singing or humming. Um, I did notice when we were go back to church, and I know I say this a lot, but all of the songs that we were singing were about how worthless, like, pay attention to the things that you say with your mouth. Uh-huh. Because... If you say them out loud, your brain thinks that it's true. And so if you're sitting here thinking or saying out loud, I am a sinner. I am worthless. I don't deserve Christ. I, all of these things, your brain is going to be like, oh, those are things are true. So when I went to church and heard all of those things, I was like, I never want my kid to think that it's okay to sing, chant, verbalize uh-huh. negative things about herself because they're not true. Yeah. I mean, there's also that, there's something hypnotic about the way that churches are like Walmarts. They're set up a certain way. Mm-hmm. And when you go back after not being there for a long time, 
And I wonder how many people experienced this post-COVID because they were desperate to get people back into church. Yes. Because um, I hadn't gone to church for like three years and then I went because someone was coming home from a mission or something. Mm-hmm. And I was feeling like hypnotic, like hip- hypnotized. And like, I felt like I was going to barf. And like the way that it's lit and everything, it makes it so you can't really focus. Like yeah. just pay attention the next time you're in church. And it's that, it's that certain feeling that you're getting. But what is it really? It's 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 a it's a mind game. It's it's magic. It's a magic yeah. trick. It's a it's a it's a con. You're yeah, number caught. five on this list is hypnotic techniques are used to alter mental states, undermine critical thinking, and even age regress the member. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like I don't like being in churches because of this. I can feel between like the heat, you know, the way the heat's presented, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the smell, the way that the the leaders talk. Yep. Uh, yeah, the smell for sure. Uh, the the t- the sensory, even touching the walls. Yeah, they have that scratchy, very unique feel to them. Just pay attention next time you're in a church. How many things are you felt for a hundred million times because you've been going to that church so many times, and try to decide if that's serving you or not. My pinned tweet on my oh I. Now it's a lady in the sheets and the freak in the streets. But um, I used to have this thing that says, am I feeling the spirit or am I just psychologically conditioned to feel comfortable in a church? Yeah, that's 100% the thing. Yeah. And like, if you have a, if you have an adverse reaction to that, because I did, by the time I was out, I was like, get me out of here, get me out of here, Mm -hmm. get me out of here. It was like four years of like pure going to church every Sunday, torture, torture, raging against the machine, trying not to go. Before I just stopped going, you know. Um, so I had all that experience. So when I go back to it, I'm just like, oh, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there is so many things. It doesn't matter what church you're in. Yeah. Because I remember I had this adverse effect in a church that I never was. I never went to. So it's like every church is the same. This the the layout's the same. And some people might find really good comfort in that, but it's like please recognize that it's a thing. Yeah. You can be comfortable Another with it, one- but it's a thing. Another one here is um, forbid critical questions about leader, doctrine, or policy. Can't be doing that. You can't talk about the prophet. You can't talk about the policies against... Doubt your doubts, period. Gays, like other people, like that's all there. Um, Labeling alternate belief systems, systems as illegitimate, evil, or not useful, like all of them, I think. Like, isn't it, isn't the point of the LDS church being like, your church is okay, but we have the fullness of the gospel. We have the only true church. We have the only The one true church, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, lots of things here. Number four, E, letter E, emotional Mm -hmm. control. Emotional control. Um... I think missionaries have it way worse. This is when I was like, it's more of a missionary thing. Okay. So where did my papers go? Oh, they're right back here. I love that you have papers for a audio show, by the way. Yeah. It's because um, I, this is how I'm doing my homework. (laughs) Okay. This is why I didn't want to talk about sister a at the beginning. Okay. Um, Okay, so emotional control is teach emotion-stopping techniques to block feelings, 
of homesickness, anger, and doubt. Make the person feel that problems are always their own fault, never the leader's or the group's fault. Um, um, honestly, my mom would pull that shit with us all the time. Like, if we were having a bad time, it was because we weren't living righteously enough. Yeah. Extremes of emotional highs and lows, love bombing, praise one moment, and then declaring you're a horrible sinner. Um, so anyway, so this is this, this is what I was going to talk about. Emotional control. The big teaching in our mission was this scripture in, uh, Nephi or whatever the book of Mormon that said that the Nephites lived after the manner of happiness. And when you're a missionary and you're only allowed to call home twice, which now I think they can call home as much as they want or, um, write letters and you're removed from your original support systems and you're on your own. And now you're into the, you're deep into this like new way of doing. Um, if you experienced depression or mental distress or even physical symptoms of like anxiety or whatever, it was then your fault because God was supposed to be blessing you for making the sacrifice of 18 months to two years. And if you are not living after the manner of happiness, then like, that's not, you're not going to be happy if you're not being exactly obedient or, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. this, all this thing. So sister a was one of my last companions and by this point in the mission, like, I really, I was not exactly obedient. And I didn't really... Yeah, you really... had senioritis. That's human nature. No, I I think the whole time I was just like, I'm going to do what I can. You know, I've talked about it before. I really didn't want to go. I had, a, I had a lot of reservations about going. And I went kind of as like, I don't know, I'm going to, I'm going to just do this. Like... I was going to do it my way. And so when they emphasize, like, you need to get your baptism numbers up, you need to get blah, blah, blah up. I'm like, you really can't like go out there and like, all you can do is do your best. And if my numbers aren't like up to snuff for you, that's not on me. I'm doing my best type of thing. Well, um, sister a was newer and, she actually ended up going home because she couldn't get happy enough. And she did all the things that she thought she could do. And she pleaded with God to stay. And in the end, she went home and she felt awful. And I remember like driving her back to the mission home when we finally decided this is what we were going to do. Um, we packed up her stuff and we drove to the mission home and we just talked and I just told her how much I loved her right? and how much none of this really mattered. Like, right. It really doesn't matter that you're going home early. That's not a reflection on you. It's not a reflection on the things that you could have done differently. You can't have done anything differently. Like you, maybe you just were here for the time that you needed to be here. And like, I don't know, maybe you learned already what you needed to learn, but I just really try to emphasize that like, it wasn't a reflection of her. Right. Um, and 
you know, when you go home early as a missionary, you are labeled right away. Like you're mm-hmm. supposed to be gone 18 months. What are you doing back home? Like fornicator. Yeah. And like, you must have done something wrong because that's, you should have been able to like last out there. You get called dishonorable. Like yeah. everybody, you were a dishonorable, uh, dishonorable missionary. And that is a reflection. Like that label is harmful. Uh-huh. And I disagreed with her worth being tied to that. So, right. and like, I wanted to go home all the time, but I stayed because I thought that the guy I was supposed to marry was coming home in April. So why go home early? Right. And <laughs> <laughs> time away from my family was helping me kind of find a, kind of like find legs to stand on really. Right. Right. And I, I didn't love the mission rules or the philosophy, like I said, and I I, I didn't see how she was any different from me, honestly, at that point. Right. So emotional control is a huge thing in missionaries, verse, both in and out, because you feel like your worth is tied to somehow, like, like, you get it. I think I've I think I've beat a dead horse at this point. No, you I just you haven't. I've been listening attentively. Like you're right. Just because I don't, just because I'm not interrupting you doesn't mean I'm not listening. No, no, no. I think like my brain is like, yeah, you've talked about this. <laughs> like you're done. <laughs> I, I think that when you're that age, no matter what you're going into, like because a lot of the stuff you said about the the mission is very military. It's very militant. Like oh, yeah. it's very like army. Like the, what my brothers have said about the army. And if you like even get like a medical discharge, it's still dishonorable. You know. Mm-hmm. So, I think people. There's a lot of predatory people out there who know that this is a very volatile age, and that's when they try to scoop people up. The military does it. The churches do it. You know what I mean? It's just. So I'm I actually think this girl is very bold to be like I'm gonna take my my lashings I gotta get out of here. I have my one of my cousins left uh, his mission early because he wasn't about it, and he's very respectful because he lives in Panguitch. Um He doesn't I don't know if he's very religious, but he doesn't he doesn't talk about it either way, um, and he left early and I think he used his dad's death, but he I could just tell he wasn't about it and. I think it, there, it's there's something admirable about you staying, even though you didn't believe in everything too. But it's just like you're at an age where it's like you don't know what to do. Yeah. And so it was very yeah. bad. It was badass of her to be like, I gotta get out of here. My mental yeah, health is like, suffering. In order to leave, you have to be like, President, I'm not happy. President, something's wrong. Pre- you have to you have to jump through all of the hoops to even get sent home. Well, that's scary. They, they carry your ticket, right? Right. What is the suicide rate amongst missionaries? Do you know? Um, they send them home, I think, before. I I have no idea. Is there a way to Google that? I don't I'm, think... I'm sure it's scrubbed. Whatever it is, it's scrubbed. Right. I um, I don't know of any missionaries in my mission. I know a lot of the missions that missionaries have left or that I have inklings that they have left the church as a whole. Uh-huh. But I don't think that they were suicidal. I, I mean... Yeah, but like, think about how many missionaries get hit by like a bus. Or like a train or something that, that that can't happen that much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what? Well, even if it was like one in every five uh, death you heard was a suicide, I feel like that's pretty reasonable numbers. I don't think they would tell you the real cause of death. Yeah. Like, I feel like I feel like the 
church is so caught up in their facade that much mm-hmm. that they would never tell you the real the, that was how they died they just wouldn't i think and like i think it's probably not as much manipu- emotional manipulation like i don't think i think if elders and sisters are unhappy in the mission then what they're going to do instead of like take away their own life is rebel against the rules and find fun or like find a way to get sent home instead of, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but, but suicidal ideation is a straight up mental illness. Yes, it is. And if you're in a world where, Oh, just be happy, just be happy, just be happy. And then you're on a mission and you're, you're alienated and you're going through all this shit too, where you're like, no, I'm not doing this. Yeah. Yeah, Drive in front of a bus or what? Let's say that you and perfect storm, you and your uh, companion, you're both have suicidal ideation. Mm-hmm. And you're the only two who can talk to each other. Yeah. <laughs> what then? You know, maybe that's when the two of them get hit by a train. You know. I, don't I know. really wish I was able to talk to her about that too. I think I did. I probably did, but I don't know. I was just focus on being a real human and being compassionate and stuff. Well, that's how you know what the situation you're involved in is bad is if you have to step away from it to be a real human being. Yeah. And I'm proud of everyone who goes on a mission because it's fucking hard work. Yeah. <laughs> but damn, man. Holy shit. Shit gets wild, you know? And it's just like, kids that age need to be, like, their wings need to go flap, but they need to be around people who have good motives. Yeah. I'm grateful for it in a lot of ways because I was able to, like, figure out some things on my own away from my family and in a way that, like, they weren't able to get a hold of me. And they had good reason for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that was good for you, for sure. Yeah. But I think a lot of people don't have that. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I feel like you're in a unique situation, I hope. I mean, obviously, it's not super unique, as we're learning. But uh, you you hope people are just living happy, have happy families. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, It's, it's It's weird to talk about it all because it's like there is so many... Things. I don't know if I saw them all. I don't. I don't even know why I left. <laughs> but I, it had to be for some of these reasons, you know. Yeah. Like there's. I don't. I don't know what the. I mean. I know why I left, but I don't know what the exact reason was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I know why I'm gone. Um, I guess. Uh, did you think of any specific emotional control? I just feel like, in the I feel like my experience with the church is different than a lot of people's. Again, I hope because my mom used it as a reason to be violent. Mm-hmm. So when I'm thinking of like hardcore Mormon rules, I'm thinking of them within the home. Yeah, true. And I think a lot of people would be like, yeah, church doesn't really do that. <laughs> you know, um, whether they do or they don't. I do know that um, someone must have told my mom along the way that if you weren't acting righteously, your life was going to be hard. And that's because she nailed that into our heads. Yeah. Um, I think so. I think that's part of it. Number four is promote feelings of guilt or unworthiness, such as you're not living up to your potential. Your past is suspect. No, I'm just saying, I'm saying I never really remember getting that from the church, but I got it. Oh, from from my mom. Yeah. You know, she wasn't a leader or an elder or anything, but like it was very, it was tied in with the church, the church guilt. Yeah. Um, I know that like, it really cut down on my creative and um, I don't know if it cut down. It made me rage against it, but cut down on my creative and my critical thinking 
for yeah. sure. Because if I went to a, to a certain place or if I liked a certain kind of music or whatever, then, you know, my mom, I remember my mom sent Beck, uh, the Beck album that has Loser on it. She sent it to Lisa's grandpa, who was the bishop at the time. Hmm. And I guess he read the lyrics in, he had like a Spanish speaking uh, congregation. And I think he read the lyrics to that. So we got we got guilted out pretty hard for like music. I, I told you the story about how my mom broke the Iron Maiden uh, CD and how she'd, oh, confis- yeah. she'd confiscate our music for it being of the devil. Yeah. So, I mean, we definitely had some religious psycho shit war war crimes going on, but <laughs> uh, it was from my mom more than anything. I think it's just because I didn't give a fuck what the what people in the church thought. I just didn't right. care. I was like, eh, I'm kind of above you all because I I have a free mind. So, I don't know. Well, I did have an example of the last one. So, phobia indoctrination. Like what? Uh, inculcating. Inculcating? Irrational fears about leaving the group or questioning the leader's authority. No happiness or fulfillment possible outside of the group. Shunning those who leave, fear of being rejected by friends or family. Never a legitimate reason to leave. Those who leave are weak, undisciplined, unspiritual, worldly, brainwashed by family or counselor. Or Why is worldly money, a bad thing? Role. Oh, yeah, that. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, there was a talk that I think a lot of current members will remember. It was a, if you leave, where will you go? And... This was a talk given over in in general conference over the pulpit to the entire membership and printed in magazines saying that if you leave the gospel of Jesus Christ, where where will you go to be to have all of the things that the gospel of Jesus Christ offers you? And um, basically saying that if you leave, you won't be happy. Like and that's a common theme is like people who leave, they don't get to experience true joy. Um, I was talking to Spencer about this yesterday. I was like, I'm so goddamn happy and at peace with where I am. And that has only come from leaving yet my, see my mother-in-law, you're not happy because you're mad at God. And I'm like, I'm actually very happy. I have so much peace outside of the church, but to members of the church, that joy is seen as illegitimate or false well it's because you're just lying to yourself you know right and i will tell you too that like we talked about this in the small town aspect like uh garrett knob my my brother-in-law and sister um they lived in sin before they got married and when they were living in sin their life was so hard pancakes for almost every meal because they couldn't afford to eat and they were both working two jobs and blah 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 blah, all the things and once they got married the community stepped in i mean I, i granted they didn't get married in the church but they eloped, and once that happened, more opportunity came to them. And I've seen it a million times because you can point at them and say, real life example, like, look, they're living in sin and they, they struggle so hard. When right. in reality, people were not helping, they, they were turning their backs on them. Yes. <laughs> Which is psychotic yeah. because the town wanted them to live in separate houses and hide their cars, and which a lot of people play that game in the town. A lot of people do. They'll go park behind the Flying M. Their boyfriend will come pick them up so they're not parked at their house overnight. And the whole thing's just a fucking game. <laughs> and it's just to protect this facade of innocence, the facade of I'm following the church orders. When Because you know when if you don't, your your life's going to be hard. Maybe, yeah. that's what, maybe that's why my life's always been hard, you know? <laughs> because 
I have never followed the ship, but I also am very much loved by the people at Penguin. So it's it's a weird it's a yeah. weird relationship. It's interesting that you said that like once they were married, once they did something that they approved of, they yeah. were willing to help. I feel like when my child was born premature, uh-huh. I and I had made it very clear we're not blessing the baby. I'm not in the church anymore. I almost felt like people were like, well, that's what you get. Yeah. People were kind of excited that my baby was premature at no fault of my own. Maybe that it was actually in their eyes, actually my fault. And maybe this would help bring me back to church is by experiencing a tragedy. I almost felt them hoping for a tragedy of yeah, greater I mean, implications or whatever, greater significance just so that I could save my soul. Like, Oh, it's too bad that your baby died, but at least you're back in the, in Christ's church or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone would think that, but once it happened, I mean, you know what I mean? Like I get what you mean because that's actually what scares me the most about the Mormons is that it's all very subtle. Yeah. It's like, if you point directly at them and say, stop fucking doing that, you're going to look crazy. Yeah. Because they're going to be like, what do you mean? What do you mean? I (laughs) would never think that. Actually, I bet you did. (laughs) But like, I had to sit there and watch even like my grandparents. I mean, my grandpa didn't care as much, but my grandma, my sister was working for my grandma. She's only giving her enough hours. My grandma's really good at doing that. Uh, like, so she could pay her rent. That's it. She, My grandma only gave me enough hours so I could pay my car payment Yeah. for like a month or two. And I was just like, you're out of your fucking mind, grandma. Um, but I watched the town and how this, everything loosened up and everyone was like, cool, once they got married. And I was just like, are you shitting me? Mm-hmm. Like, for real? And like the people who didn't care were the people who like drank or like did the same thing or smoked. So it was just like you had to pick, you know, you were down in the quote unquote slums. These are the people that I actually like better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, give me an old man who will tell you the whole town's gossip while he's smoking <laughs> a cigarette, drinking a cup of coffee. Because I that man is my friend. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's just common. It's a common thing, and it's too bad, really, because should just be able to live how they want to live but that goes back to the uh b as when are people watching yeah are people telling on you and it's like in a way yeah the whole entire town is pointing their finger and saying shame to my my sister and her husband because they just didn't get married and that's so that's not so unfortunate too because i'm sure my sister had hang-ups with marriage because of our our how we were raised you mm-hmm. know and it's like just please be kind to her and let her just kind of get through it and yeah. when it happens, it happens because she did it to take her a long time to get married. They were engaged for like two years. And I think Garrett felt bad about it. But like, I, of course, she's going to be apprehensive. She's the oldest. She's mm-hmm. the first one to get married. Mm-hmm. And her parents married and divorced each other twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, hello. Like, let her deal with her shit. Just be kind. Just be kind to each other. Yeah. Based on these, uh, this bite model, I think we can safely say that I would personally categorize the Mormon church as a cult. And uh, please don't be mad about that. I just following what I'm seeing here. Right. But I wanted to ask you if you think that there are some ways that we could like kind of deconstruct some of these, like kind of do away with some of these cult like things in the church so that people can like, 
I don't know, live their lives in the church, I guess. Uh, I will say that I'm seeing with the, the new generation because I feel like we're at a point now where everyone, we're, there's a way for us all to communicate where it's like, if you're being a petty ass bitch, we'll just be like, Oh, stop. You know what I mean? Mm So I have really high hopes for our generation, Gen Gen X too. Gen X is kind of halfway in the door, halfway out. Um, but I think just being kind. I mean, I I'm, I don't want if if Mormonism works for you, I want you to stay keep doing it. But I don't want you to bring other people down because they're not living the life that you're living. Like that's not appropriate. I mean, I don't want to do that with this podcast. That's why I'm like, do what you got to do. But truth of the matter is like most religions mormonism is a cult like it's you go through it's organized and categorized as a cult so yeah just be careful i agree and um i think i think in the thought control there was a lot of like instill this good good versus evil black and white thinking and like organize people into us versus them and I think one way that we can kind of uncultify this kind of thing would be just taking out the us versus them. So I was going through my like missionary yearbook that I made myself and like of all my pictures and kind of tallying between I basically I was like, I bet we could get an ex Mormon missionary reunion together. <laughs> Um, but do you want to, do you want to exclude the return missionaries though? No. And that's the thing is like, I would want to invite everybody, but make sure the ex Mormons know that it's just, and like, and the Mormons, this is just a way to get together religion aside. Like, Uh, well, I understand also being like, this is where we were when we knew each other. And I want to know who you are now because you've changed so much as a person. You probably are interested to see if they have. Yes. Um, But I also, I also remember we were having, it was like one of the, it was either the five or the 10 class reunion. And someone, someone suggested, let's go to the detour and have our own reunion. I'm like, if I'm going to drive to Richfield, I'm just going to go to the fucking high school reunion. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to just like have another party somewhere else. But it's like, I feel like. There has to, you have to strike a balance because Mormon yeah. is, Mormons are in your life. You just you have spent a great deal of your life with Mormons. You still are, so being you know including being inclusionary is way yeah. it's it's the, it's the move because we we've, yes. we've dealt with exclusion. Let's let's be inclusive. Yes. yes. Um, I texted Elder Lippert because I found a picture of him and I was like, "Look at you! You were a baby." Um, he just said, "I said I'm." going through my mission photo book because I'm doing an episode on pros and cons of mission and also tallying who of the RMs are in and out. This is a good pick of you at the Cubs game. He said, uh, here's a suggestion for your episode. Shout out to Elder Lippert. He's cool. And that is all that needs to be said. (laughs) I said, haha, no way. I'm actually going to say a hell of a lot more about you. I feel like you made that experience for me at the mission reunion as a human being feel welcome in a place that otherwise I would have felt ostracized. You notice nobody else really said hi to me, not enthusiastically and some not even cordially people actually actively ignored me. So thank you. She said, he said, ah, man, seriously, I'm very humbled. Thanks for sharing. And that makes me feel really good and sucky at the same time, because everyone should just be kind regardless of how we live our lives. Despite our very different journeys 
you still are a truly, you still, you are still truly a really important person to me. And I have incredibly fond memories of our time in the Valpo zone. I said, that's what I'm saying. And like, that's why I want to keep going to reunions and keep connections because baptizing people or being an active member really can't be the only things we have in common. Oh, absolutely not. I kind of want to be a missionary for people to not be scared of Exmos and for Exmos to respect journeys. Like stop preaching XYZ to each other and just play nice already. No more us, them, like love your neighbor. Um, thanks. There could not be enough good said about you. Solid dude said, I love reconnecting and not only with the shared common ground of the mission and reminiscing there, but also like marriage and parenthood as well. At the end of the day, we all have so much more in common than what divides us. I appreciate your kind words. I'm not perfect. Can't afford to be all holier than now because I've got so much crap. I'm trying to fix myself. Anyone who thinks otherwise against ex-Mormons needs to seriously revisit how Jesus, how that Jesus dude treated people, (laughs) regardless of their beliefs or stations in life. So I think, like you said, let's just eliminate like this whole us versus them. Let's Uh just be inclusive. Um, Because, yeah, it is a cult and so is the mission and we can categorize it as that. But let's do so in a way that is constructive and saying let's let's build on this let's figure out how we can right and, and, and as someone who's gonna start a cult one day i just hope people are kind of my members so i'm trying to set a precedent <laughs> i'm trying so hard not to start a cult <laughs> Dude, i'm like you don't even know don't follow us don't <laughs> listen to our podcast no uh i just I'm, I'm like embracing it but i know it's not gonna be for like 20 more years but you guys you see how i'm still planning for the future <laughs> feeling great (laughs) i went to bunko again and i was like larissa do not let me start another compound (laughs) (laughs) like look we need to work together to make me not a cult okay let's do this together oh shit i'm starting another cult (laughs) but let's not have me be a cult leader cult (laughs) right all right well do you have anything else um I think it would be, I just kind of want to talk about the future of our podcast because we're coming to an end of this season. Uh-huh. Um, what do you think? Should we tell them? Yeah, let's start Should we tell them first for some stuff. You guys, guess what we're going to do on the 4th of July? Guess what we're going to do on the 4th of July? We're going to Richfield, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be off for, I think, the whole time I'm in Hawaii, right? Yeah, so yeah. after so after this season we're taking a extended break. Like a 3 or 4 month break. Yeah, because well, and in the meantime we're going to be actually writing material and gathering in stuff for season 4. Well, and we'll probably be recording quite frankly, but we're not going to release shit till like next fall, okay? We want better output for you guys. Well, yeah, we want to just, like, we're getting to a point where, first of all, I'm going on this adventure to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Uh, We, I feel like we had a new attitude. Maybe it's because I'm diagnosed properly, finally. (laughs) But we uh, we have a new attitude. Anyways, I was going to initially leave in June to go to Hawaii. But uh, I have to I have to bartend the TEDx event. That's I'm the resident bartender. So I pushed it off until the end of June. And then we were like, wait, it's our one year anniversary. And we're always talking about Richfield. Like, our 
our most viewed episode is rich the ritual episode mm-hmm. um so we thought why don't we get a little macy's thanksgiving day parade uh on you know the parade the 4th yeah. of july and then we're also gonna do the 24th of july <laughs> yes in in monroe so we're going to be parade what is it called announcers announcers we're gonna yeah and we're gonna have it fun we want you guys to come stop by and say hey uh maybe maybe we'll have like something for you we're gonna do booths live episode live reviews of the booth like the parade floats <laughs> yeah so we're gonna i mean we haven't worked out all the details yet but we decided we're gonna go down and be you know the announcers At a table. we're gonna yeah. be funny we're gonna come we want to see you guys because we know that richfield Sevier county is our biggest fan base obviously yeah. and we want to give the richfield fourth of july uh we want to show it to other people. Yeah. So that we're, that's going to require all your help. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe we'll even continue on. Maybe we'll just be recording the whole day. We haven't totally figured it out. But, like, <laughs> I feel like we need to go down to the fish grab. I feel like we need to go see the dance, you know. So it's up to you guys. Maybe the fourth, maybe the fireworks. Maybe we go over to McKiff and hang out with the Thompsons <laughs> and watch their firework display. I don't know. <laughs> Again, we're 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 we have a we have our our storyboard, but we don't have yes. anything filled in. So, yes, so we do know we'll be there for the fourth and the twenty fourth to have ourselves a time. And the twenty fourth is our anniversary. Yes. So, if you can think yep. of a better idea to do on the twenty fourth, like if someone wants to donate a, a float that we could be on, sure, yeah. sure, 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 maybe. <laughs> no, I'm like uh, I don't. I just want to be in the crowd. <laughs> I think so too. Have yeah. a little booth. We'll have merch ready by then. Yep, we'll have merch ready. I actually just got a notification that the first round of merch that I created is on its way. FedEx. Well, well. So I'm sure you guys will be seeing that soon. Um, But yeah, we got plans. We're going to come back hard um, fourth season with just like, we want to be more in depth, I think. We want to be more in depth and the less like blah, 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 blah. Like this was our fun, lazy (laughs) season. And I think it was a pretty (laughs) decent season. I think so too. It's not bad for our junior year. Yeah, not bad at all. But we got to get serious because college is after the next year. <laughs> we plan on doing this a long time, so we have to get our act together, pretty much. Yeah, but it, uh, it hasn't been an easy year. Right. It hasn't been an easy. The whole time we've been doing this, it's been pandemic time and yeah. coming out of pandemic time and workers not getting paid right and you know unvaccinated youngins and. <laughs> you know, mental institutions and grandpa's going to the hospital. My grandma broke her hip too. Oh my God. But we're going to work. We have we're, vision. We have visions. We're, we're, yeah. we're invested. We know you guys are too. So let's fucking do this dance and we will see you yeah. at the 4th of July. Yes. So excited. Rock 24th fingers. of July. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But I do got to go pick up the nephew. So anything Me. else? Bye. No, I love you. <laughs> okay. We say these things. Name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Is This The Place podcast is written, recorded, and edited at Titan Tower Studios. Our theme song is by Bobby, and our cover art is by Jessica Sanchez. This is our story, as we see it. We believe it to be true as far as it is translated correctly. If you liked the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. We have dedicated a lot of our time and talents, and we really appreciate your support. Maybe this isn't the place, but you are definitely the people making this possible. Thank you.